Oh, it's okay. You are hearing me. שומעות. כן, שומעות? שלום. אוקיי. אם אתה שומע אותי ככה... וואו, It's so distracting to first see everybody. I want to first, like, just talk to you. Tov, Seder. How's everything? You can't tell me. You're all quiet. Yeah, good? How is your pizza? What? Tov. I'll try. So this course, yeah, you'll have to somehow let me know if I'm not clear enough, if there's a problem. I don't know how, but I'll, I'm just speaking to myself in the meantime until I see if uh, there's a problem or something. Okay, so if, you, if, you do, if there's a problem, so then go like this, like, and then I'll know to stop and to see what we can do.
Sano, Amale, you're in charge. You, you tell, you'll tell me if um, there's a problem or not. <laughs> okay, sounds oh. good. Very good. I can trust you. Tov. So this course is about Masechet uh, Avot. So this today is going to be introduction. And then, Bezat uh, Hashem, each week we'll do a little bit of, uh, we'll continue with the Mishnah. So introduction will have two parts. One, what is Masechet Avot? And what are we going to learn? And then the second was going to be the first Mishnah, which is in itself an introduction to Masechet Avot. We'll learn that Mishnah. That, that's the plan. Bezat Hashem. Okay. And welcome, Nora. <laughs> Hi. Okay, so let's start. Masechet Avot is one of the, is in the Mishnah. It's, a, how do you say Masechet? No, I'm glad you came. How do you say Masechet in English? Tractret, something like that. Tractet, something like that. Tractet of Mishnah. It is in Sedel Nizikin. And it's actually in a chapter nine in, in uh the, the ninth set, the ninth number nine in Seder Nezikin. And it's the only Mishnah, as far as I know, it's, I think it's the only, uh, it's the only Masechet, it's the only tractate that doesn't have any Gemara on it, no Talmud on it, just Mishnah without any Talmud. Usually there's Mishnah, Mishnah, as you say, and then the Talmud afterwards, there's a lot of elaboration and discussions on each and everything that goes on in the Mishnah. And usually it's all based on halachot and din and halacha and justice and laws, Jewish law. But what's special about Pelkei Avot that it's not halachot, it's not dinim. It's, um, it's, in English it's called ethics of the father. So it's really ethics, it's musar. And so there's no gemara on it. There is a midrash called Avot uh, de Rabbi Natan, which is all on it. But there's, so there's no gemara, but Avot um, de Rabbi Natan. Hi, Shira. <laughs> okay, so why is it called? That's that's where it is, where it's positioned, where it's located in the Mishnah. Now, why is it called Masechet Avot? Why Dafka Avot? Mm, maybe you have any ideas why it's called Masechet Avot? Just want to try to shoot and give me ideas. Going once, going twice. Okay. I know I have to, I have to like have this switch in my mind that Zoom teaching is very different than class teaching. I have to also prepare the classes more because in class I just go on and then I don't know we just talk about everything and and it just kind of flows. Here it's a different kind of uh, teaching. I have to get used to it, <laughs> but fine. I will be a Hashem with your help. So so there's. Um, a few reasons. I mean, there's tons of reasons. Only on Masechet Avot, you should know only on this, um, on the Ethics of the Father, there's over 200 perushim, over 200 commentaries, sfarim, written on just this, these uh, six chapters of Masechet Avot. So we can go over all of them. We will not go over all of them. But um, we'll go through, through one method, specific method that I, uh, that I chose, and I'll soon I'll tell you why. But first, we, were, we asked the question, why is it called even Masechet Avot? So Avot is plural of Av or Abba. And it's called Masechet Avot. So there's a few, um, the, the, the two basic reasons, I guess, is one that it's, um, it's something that we got from our forefathers, Avot. 
all of the Mishnah we got from Avot, but this is because it's ethics of the fathers. So each father, each um, father, like more than just not our biological father, but like one of those big fathers in Judaism, like Rabbi Akiva and Hillel and Shammai and all those big names that you know from Mishnah, each of them, like every, each of them has it, it expresses himself in ethics. It's, it doesn't just give us the halakha here and there, but it's his, it's like his uh, essence. It's his mantra, it's his uh, principles that we, we kind of meet them as people or as the principles that they, that they represent. That's why it's called ethics of the fathers. It's who they really were. It's the ethics that they present. Wow. And the Mishnah itself, it goes, it starts with saying how we got it from father to father, like it's a chain. And by learning Masechet Avot, we connect ourselves to this chain of, like, you know, a chain? I think there's a better word, but it's like a shasheret of our fathers. I'm sure there's a better word. I just can't think of it. So... By learning it, we connect ourselves to this chain of fathers that come from Moshe Rabbeinu all the way down to our generation. Kapish? Yes. Fine. Uh, right. So Rivka Marga asked me to teach this dafka because it's usually learned between Pesach and Shavuot. Really, I think it's more Sfaradim that learn it from Pesach to Shavuot and Ashkenaz learn it from Pesach all the way to Rosh Hashanah. They learn it, I think, three times, or they do a few cycles from Pesach to Rosh Hashanah. Because the whole thing is ethics, learning about ethics, then um, they end it before Rosh Hashanah. So by then, you know, you become a better person, you know, you learn how to become a better person, and then by the Day of Judgment, you're already ready, you know, you prepare yourself. And uh, the reason why Sfaradim do it only till Shavuot is first of all, it's during this time the Shabbatot are longer, so they had just technically it's a good time to learn to have this big shiur after between Mincha and Ma'ariv. There's more time on Shabbatot, and also it works perfectly because there's six chapters, there's seven Shabbatot between Pesach and Shavuot, but the first one is Pesach, so it works perfectly from Pesach to Shavuot. That's just basically why we learn it now. Um, and another thing why it's called the Masechet Avot, I'll just give you one more thing that the Gra, or he's also called the Vilna Gaon, Hagaon Mi Vilna also gives. And that is because he says that, uh, he says Avot, just like um, on, on Shabbat, you have Avot and Toledot. Avot is like uh, something uh, like a, a ba basis, fundamental, and then Toledot is something that comes from it. Like, like the biggest example is, uh, it says in the Torah, do not light fire on the day of Shabbat. That's what it says on the Torah. That's the father of the principle of not lighting fire. That's the father of. And then, when it comes, uh, what's his face? Uh, what's the name of the guy who invented? Darn, forgot. No, the guy in Edison? Who invented electricity? Yeah, okay, Edison. So Edison invented electricity, and then the question is, what do you do? Are you allowed to use electricity on Shabbat or not? So they have this whole, you know, near, 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 and then they decide that from that principle, from that of, of, not lighting fire on Shabbat, from that ta -ta 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 -ta, comes the din for the halacha for today, not to turn on the light on Shabbat, because when you, turn, when you press that lighting thing, then there's like the spark, electrical spark and that's like fire so that comes from the father of Lotevaru Esh do not like fire on Shabbat. Get it? 
No. No, yes. Amara, yes. Shira, yes. Who's that? Eva! You're opposite. You're like this. <laughs> okay, fine. So, right. So, what do I, ah, so, so the Golden Vilna says that everything in the ethics of the fathers is called Masechet Avot. So the fathers are really not the people. The fathers, it's saying that every teaching that we learn in the Masechet stems from, the, from Torah. And that's why it's Masechet Avot, because these are principles like, like foundations, fundamental principles that from them, all the mitzvot, they stem or they, they kind of come after you learn or after you become a better person, which means after you master as much as you can, after you follow the ways that you are taught in Masechet Avot. So Avot, not as people per se fathers, but it all stems from Torah. This. All these teachings are, they, they are Avot principles for better uh, behavior and conduct. Okay? So this is an opportunity to also say that I would like to dedicate this course uh, also for my Abba, Masechet Avot. So my Abba, Allah Vashalom, who passed away over a year ago. And, uh, and also for the Refuah Shlema, for everybody who needs Refuah Shlema nowadays. Okay, so I have that in mind. Right, because, ah, I'm getting emotional now because, um, so the, the commentary, the comment, that I chose to do is a Sephardi commentator. He's called, well, you can't see from here, but his name is, his name is Rabbi Yosef Chaimi Baghdad. He was, he's also called the Ari Mi Baghdad, the Lion of Baghdad. Baghdad is like today, it's in Iraq, Mesopotamia. Then, but it was not so long ago. He, I would, um, he actually was born 1835 and died 1909. And he, so his name is Rabbi Yosef Chaim. And he's also known, he's more known as, uh, as Shchai. Did anybody hear of him, the Ben Ishchai? Very, he's very popular in Sweden. So he's very, his rulings, his, um, he was a big rabbi. He was the biggest posek, all those Faradim in those days, like those not so long ago, it's just a century ago. You listen to him. And they followed his ways, like uh, kind of like Rabbi Ovadia Yosef in Israel just recently, but but more because all the Arab countries, all the Muslim world, the Jews in the Muslim world followed followed his uh, rulings. Uh, he did not agree to take any money for being a rabbi or for being a posek for answering halacha questions. He refused, even though he filled this role completely and totally. So he joined his brothers who had also a business and he wasn't so involved in the business, but he made sure that the business would always go according to halakha, that it would be straight and righteous and everything. And that was his, <laughs> mostly what he did in the business. And uh, he got his share from the business, but he, and, and um, well, I won't talk about it a lot now, but uh, there was this Kabbalist, he also was big in Kabbalah and there was this Kabbalist kind of um, a rabbi that told my father that he, that he kind of is connected to Ben Ishchai, who was connected to somebody in the Tanakh called Benayahu Ben Yehoyada. A lot of stories on that, but that's why, but it doesn't have to do with our, that's, I'm just telling you why uh, I chose to go with this commentator, Ben Ishchai. Okay? <laughs> 
Okay, so that was kind of the introduction. Let me see if there was anything else I want to tell you about that. Ta -da. No. Any questions so far before we go into the actual thing? Questions about Mesechet Avot in general? No. Okay, so let's start. Did you bring, um, did you bring your Mesechet Avot? I think it's in your Sidu, and most of you have it in your Sidu, okay? So how does it start? I'm asking because I think that you might have two different beginnings. What's the first word in Mesechet Avot? that you have when you open the sefer. Uh, somebody, you can open your mute, so just I can hear it. Okay, Nora? Then, okay, good. You have police. What, where are you looking? You're looking at the Sidu? Okay, does everybody have this, you all, Amalia also? You all have it starting with Kol Israel? Shira, no, you don't have Kol Israel? What do you have? You have Moshe Kibbeh Torah Misinai? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Get a different Siddur then. I can <laughs> I always learned that that's not part of Pirkei Avot, that Pirkei Avot is right. Moshe Kibbeh Torah, but this is something we say before. Right, exactly. It's not part of the, with the first, uh, the first verse, Kol Yisrael, that starts Kol Yisrael, is not, it's not, it's like an introduction to Masechet Avot. But I told you today we're doing mostly introduction, that's why I wanted to, I want to learn that. I think it's, I just read the Ben Ishchai on it, I mean, B'Yosef uh, Chaim, and he, he, he talks about it in such a way that I thought it's, this is a shiur in itself. That's why I said this shiur was an introduction. The first part was introduction about Masechet Avot in general. And the second part is about this verse, the first verse that opens Masechet Avot, which is an introductory verse to Masechet Avot. Okay, so so let's go. So this is how we're going to do. Uh, we'll do a little bit like Tehillim. I'll say, say after me. But that means you'll have to unmute your uh, mics. Okay? It's short. Unmute, unmute. Q, Amalia, good, no, good. Anybody else? Come on, Eva. Unmute your mics. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see a bit more. Oh, yeah, yeah, hi. Okay, you're unmuting. Okay, not everybody unmuted, but I'll take what I can get. Let's start. I'll say say after me. Kol Yisrael. Kol Yisrael. Yeah. Shenemar, <laughs> 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 
Okay, you can put now you can mute your mics if you want to so much. Fine. This is what we're going to learn. This is unbelievable. Listen, Gewaldik, Chaval Alazman. Okay, so really, uh, when you go, if you, whenever you go to a Sephardic shul, they usually at the end of the tefillah, just before Aleinu Leshebech, or just after, just before, just before Aleinu Leshebech, they have this big thing that they read, and then the rabbi of the shul gives usually a halacha. He says like a halacha to like half a minute, 30 seconds a halacha or something. And before he says it, he says this, this verse, Kol Yisrael, Yeshlaim, he says this. It's very common, it's very popular to say this verse before you give Dvar Torah, at least in Sephardi shows. Okay? Why? So the Ben Ishchai talks about it. And he points out two things. He says in this verse, there's, there are two words that kind of stand out. You know what, let's first explain it, just the Pshat, and then we'll see why. Kol Yisrael means all of Israel, all of the Jewish people. Yesh lahem chelek le'olam haba. Yesh lahem chelek. They have a part, they have a share. Le'olam haba in the world to come. Sh'ne'emar, as it says. Now, he, now there's like, imagine there's a colon, an open quotation mark. So now he quotes from Yeshayahu or Isaiah, Isaiah, whatever it's called, Yeshayahu. And there it says, Ve'amech kulam tzadikim. And your people, it talks to Hashem, like, your people, our people, kulam tzadikim, all, arts, all of us are tzadikim. Le'olam yirshu aretz. In the world to come, olam, like olam abba, they will inherit aretz. They will inherit like a plot, a land. Netzer matai, ma'asei adalit per, they are like a netzer matai. Matai is like an orchard, orchard, O-R-C-H-A-R-D. I don't know how you say orchard or orchard, orchard, I guess. Yeah. So, and you're like, uh, it's like a branch off the orchard. We're like a branch of the orchard in Olam Abba. Beautiful verse, but you have to understand it. <laughs> we'll start from the Sefer, from the end. And your people are all tzedekim. How can that be? I think you have a problem. I mean, you have a privilege that you learned in Maya. Not great. But there's one problem <laughs> that you learned Chabad. And but Chabad is only like one way. <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah, sorry. Chabad is like, Chabad is beautiful, but it's only, it's, it's a part. It's not everything. It's, it's like a certain, it's like a commentary. It's one beautiful commentary. And I know that the Tanya, which I confess that I never really learned, I should, maybe I, I'll have a Chavuta with you or something. I never really learned Tanya. Yes, I know I didn't, yes. But I know that, I know that, uh, that over there it says like it has a very, very strict, uh, definition, what is a tzaddik? There's like one tzaddik in a generation and everybody else is benoni, like middle and or, or less. But that is, that he's very strict. He's like, whoa, who can be a tzaddik? Only like one in a generation. That's like, whoa. In modern Hebrew and just the way, usually it's, when you say tzaddik, it just means a righteous person. And anybody who did a, more good than bad, where whether a quantity or quality, I don't know how God judges whatever we do, good or bad. But if basically you do more good than bad, if you are on, if you your intention is to do good, if you're walking on, the, you want to be a good person, 
unless you screwed up, you're a tzaddik. Isn't that nice? Isn't that so much more like uh, comforting for that we're on tzaddikim? You go to the shuk and Machana Yehuda is going to start opening soon, probably next week they're going to open the shuk, Be'ezat Hashem. But everywhere, then it's like, like in America, like in New York, you say, hi, bro. There you say, hey, tzaddik, tzaddik, shnei kilo agvaniot. Hey, tzaddik, eifu ata. You just say tzaddik, that's that. Tzaddik, tzaddik. It's just a nice way of calling a fellow, your fellow Jew. Okay? With, I mean, respect, all respect to Tanya, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. So, amech kulam, this is totally the opposite of, um, of the way, I guess, the, the usual Western world sees it because the Western world, Western civilization is, is affected by Christianity, Christianity thoughts and mentality. And they're usually, it's like very kind of scary. Like uh, everybody is a sinner unless proven otherwise. That is contradictory to the Mishnah, which came before J.C. Kamuvan, and because According to Judaism, everybody is actually a tzaddik unless he has karet, unless he really has to really screw up in order to be not part of Am Yisrael, in order to be like not Jewish, like to not earn even a little plot in the big like happy family of Am Yisrael. Of course, this also includes converts who, of course, are also Jews, just uh, happened in this reincarnation to fall in bodies of non-Jews. Okay. So says Rabbi Ishchai. So that is to explain. So that is the basis of this first Mishnah. Of this first Mishnah. This is also a Mishnah. But it's a Mishnah actually from Masechet uh, Nizikin, but it's brought here as an introductory before Masechet Avot. Why? Says Rabbi Ishchai. So two words. He has, says that he kind of focuses on one is Kol Israel. Why does he say Kol Israel? If he says Israel, Israel, Jews have a part in the Olam Abba. Why does he have to say? All Jews, what does that word kol want to add? He's like, says these words come to, come to show us something. They, they, throw, they throw us like into a certain path. They, they want to say something more. So what is this kol? That's number one. Number two, uh, I think, yeah, the word chelik. But um, let me see for a second. Basically, ken. Yeah, kol and chelik. Fine. So what does, he, what does he say? What does he go on and say? How does he explain it? Ah, here is a crazy concept. You will be blown away. I was blown away. I hope you will be blown away. Unless you already know it from your other learnings and uh, Dafyomi of Nora and all these Tanyas, and then you know it, and then, and then I'm not giving you any chidush. But I think this is worth, even if you know it, it's worth knowing it again from his perspective. He says like this. Ah! <laughs> Okay, he brings a mafalish that's called uh, Kiseh David. Kiseh David says this. He says, mm, every Jew, I, I don't know if he talks about Jew or, or, or person in general, but I, I'm sure he calls for sure Jew, a Jew that comes to this world, what is the purpose of coming into this world? The purpose is, it's like we are employees and Hashem is our employer and our job to do as employees in this world is to like um, clean our neshama and, and brush it up, like brush up and shine our neshama as much as possible. We have a neshama, a piece of God in us. We have to brush it up and 
make it shine as much as possible. That is the work that we have to do every single day in this world. Till we're 12 because we're girls. If we were boys till 13, we just learn and soak up things so that afterwards we can know what to do. But from 13, 12 and on, every single day, like before you go to sleep, you close your eyes, you have to think, what did I do today? And you have to see that you actually gave work. You did something. You worked for your employer. Okay? That is, his, that is what he says. But what? He says there is a big difference between being an employer and between being a slave. Why? An employer... Uh, an employee, sorry, employee and a slave. Why? An employee, well, he does like he's, uh, he gets a job, he does the job, and then he gets paid at the end, usually. Like, because why? Or it gets half down payment, and then in the end, he gets the rest of the, of the payment. Why? Because, because if he doesn't do the whole job, he doesn't do it right, he doesn't do it well enough, then you, you take away, you distract, you do de- de- something, you... De-take, I don't know. You, de- you take away from, you deduct from the salary. I mean, suppose, let's say, uh, I, and I think this is clear. Somebody, if you, somebody is supposed to move your house, you're moving from one city to another city. If he did it, you're supposed to do it in one day. If he came two days later and you were just stuck there without your beds or without ever, you'll say, hey, you didn't do your job. And you, may, you might want to take away from his, uh, from the salary, from the whatever as much money as you promised him before getting Or if you broke something, then maybe you take off from the salary. You know, because it's a payment per job. If you don't do the job 100%, you don't get paid 100%. You do 60%, you get paid 60% or more or less. But a slave, what's the thing about a slave? A slave, the difference is, you, you pay a certain sum in the beginning, you put the money in the bank, and you get the slave. So if, he, if the slave was, was like lazy one or two of his days, if he didn't do everything, you don't, there's nothing, you can't take back the money. You, don't get, you can't deduct from the money that you paid in advance. Get it? Yes? Okay. Thank you. So says the Benishai. So that's so that's the thing. That's the idea. He says we are here as employees, but we ask Hashem to relate to us to to pay us or to relate to us as if we are slaves. That so that uh, even if we mess up a little bit, we still he won't take away from the sechah. Why do we mess up? Sometimes we mess up. It's not our fault. Like even if you pay an employee that. That broke something. Sometimes it's not his fault. It slipped from his hand. But things happen. It's not you don't do it purposely, but you don't make, have the job done 100 percent. You were born. I don't know. At the beginning, you didn't don't know how to do this halach or that halach. You don't even know. I don't know. You were Jewish. You didn't. All these circumstances that therefore you did not. You you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You weren't exactly going on the path of Hashem because you just didn't know. If it wasn't purposely, we were anus. Anus means that you were. Uh, they kind of you were in a forced situation. It's not your fault. So what about that? So he says, if you look at these words, ah, that's the thing. The word, the other word that I was talking about wasn't chelik. The word was yesh. All Israel, kol Israel, whether you were born to a I don't know a rabbi or to a shaluach or a shaluach, whether you were born totally different circumstances, it doesn't matter. Kol Israel, wherever you came from, from whatever condition, whatever circumstance, whatever. Kol Yisrael, by definition, by, since you have a Jewish neshama, yesh lehem chelek laolam haba, yesh. This word yesh, which is, you don't need the word yesh. Le kol Yisrael chelek laolam haba, you could have said that. 
Yesh is more, it's more of a like substance. There is, it's as if there, you want to already have, it's already in the bank account. You want to say it's already there. Yesh chilek, it's there. And we're mentioning this, we're saying this, uh, this, this verse, we're mentioning this pasuk and this mishnah because we want to like, as if to remind God or to remind ourselves that the, that the reward is already stashed for us. Because Hashem said it. Hashem said, Hashem, if he says something, it's abracadabra, right? Whatever he says is it's, if it's done. So if Hashem says, they will inherit a plot, then we like catch him on his word because it is, because it's Hashem. So it's as if it already is, does exist. It's there, it exists, it's waiting for us there. And with this very comforting Mishnah, we start this whole Masechet Avot because, first of all, we want to, it's kind of reassuring because even if you don't, you can't follow all the ways of uh, the ethics of these fathers, you can't go all the way, or you don't even know. What does it mean? It says, be good to your fellow friend. How? What? There's, it's endless. You can't have a halacha about every single situation in your whole life. Every person has a different life, different situations, different generation. You can't cover it all, but it's kind of reassuring. If you don't screw it up, you already have, you have your share in Olam Abba. So it's just reassuring. We want to start it by that. Why does it say your people if Hashem is speaking? It's not Hashem, it's in Ishayahu. It's in Ishayahu, Perek Samech. I mean... It's a prophecy. Wait, I'm opening it up. Right here. Yeshayahu Perek Samech. I mean, chapter 60 at the very end. Um, it's kinda, it's, it kind of goes back and forth between him speaking straight to, to the people. Like the beginning of the chapter is Kumi Ori Kiva Orech. It's as if Hashem is speaking to the people, and then kind of switch. You have to read the whole chapter to see like the whole um, context. Tada? Yeah. But that was a good question. I also opened up to see that before, before I started class. Any other questions? So let me just, this is, it took me less than I thought. So afterwards, you can just ask me any questions you always want to ask me about anything else going on in Israel or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't want to start already because I think this in itself the idea is so like um, so fundamental. I don't. I didn't want to go into the specifics of the other of the just the Mishnah. I want to first like, rest with this one big idea, and just hopefully give a bracha for all of us that we should cling to the ways of the ethics of our fathers in all different situations. I mean, um, usually, usually every single person has different like a different journey in life. Everybody with their own journey, with their own challenges. And now, just recently with this whole uh, corona crisis, it's as if 
all of humanity is like thrown into the same kind of uh, challenge. We all have the same obstacle. We're all going through the same thing. There's something very uniting about it, that, that we're all together against one invisible enemy, so to speak. We're, every country is trying to find a vaccine and, and a solution. And, and so, but it's challenging. It's challenging to be at home and not to have lockdowns or like just the way things are changing. So even through these challenges, it's actually, in a way, it's even more together than we can maybe rise to. And we have to follow also the ethics also through these challenges that we all have the same kind of challenges. Say amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Thanks. Okay. Okay, questions. Oh, wait, I'll show you a picture of it. Maybe you saw his picture and you didn't know it was him. See? You see his uh, Baghdad, his Iraqi kind of thing? Cool, no? Okay, you know what, so since we have a few more minutes, and I don't want to waste them, uh, but I also don't want to free you because it's nice seeing you. <laughs> no, I will tell you, I will tell you then, uh, I will tell you about this guy. So, there was, a, a, it's actually um, uh, in, in Navi, David HaMelech had one of his generals, his name was Benayahu Ben Yehoyada. And it says that he was also called, he, it's, it has weird things about him. It said he slayed a lion in a day of snow, like all these weird things. But he was, apparently he was also very strong and also a general. That means a good fighter and everything. And on one hand, on the other hand, he was also the head of the Sanhedrin. So he was also very smart. He was also like a posek in Halachot and the head of um, the Sanhedrin. That was Benayar Ben Yoyada. He was very loyal to David Melech. And then... And then after David HaMelech uh, passed away, then he continued with Shlomo HaMelech. Not everybody continued with Shlomo, David's son. Some went to somebody else, and there was like a lot of um, balagan. But he did, he was loyal and went to Shlomo HaMelech. Why am I telling you about him? So he was called uh, Ben Ishchai. That was, he was also, one of his names was Ben Ishchai. And this guy that I showed you, Rabbi Yosef Chaim, so he came to Israel. He also, by the way, he, has, he wrote like 100 books or something. 53 of them, were, were, 53 of them were, um, were printed out. And he made a point of printing them out in Israel, Dafka and Eret Israel, because he wanted the people of Israel to make money, like wanted to give them Parnassa. So he made a point, even though it was more expensive for him, he made a point of actually doing it in Israel. Anyway, so he came to Israel and he went to all these, um, all these sites, all these the kvarim, all these um, tomes of, of people that are buried of these great people that are buried up north mostly in the Galil and, and Yerushalayim and Kirat Alba, of course, Hebron. He went, like, he went to all these, uh, to, to Daven, all these places, Kever Rachel. And then when he reached the, um, when he reached the Kever of uh, Bneyar Ben Yehoyada, when he reached the Kever of Bneyar Ben Yehoyada, he said that like, he felt his neshama like cling there and he couldn't move from there and he stayed like for three days and three nights and he hardly ate or hardly drank. And he saw like great visions when he was there and like his spirit like really escalated and he saw these prophecies and visions. That's him. And um, 
my father, but my father, so he, he didn't know this. He didn't, what I'm, what I'm saying now, he had no idea, but he used to take us like our trips on, on vacations in the summer. We used to go to all these Kvarim also, all these tombs and like say a chapter of Tehillim here, a chapter of Tehillim there. We used to like go on a tractor, on a Jeep, whatever, like crazy ways. And this was in the, the Kever of Bnei Ben Yehuda, which is next to Amoka. You probably heard about Amoka. Yeah. So at the yeah. So the Kever of Bnei Ben Yehuda was actually his favorite. He used to like really go there, and I didn't understand why. And then he also he couldn't explain. He just said, I don't know. I just like it. I feel. Don't you feel the vibe? Don't you feel something here? And whatever, I did feel a little bit, but I didn't know what. So I said, nah, I don't know. Nah. And then once he worked a lot in ag. I told him he was he worked in agriculture. And once he had this deal with a certain kibbutz down south. I don't remember the name of the kibbutz, I confess. But this kibbutz, um, they were supposed, they were debating if to sign a contract with them. He was supposed to advi advise if to grow tomatoes or melons. I don't even remember. I remember the, the occasion, but I don't remember the details. And, um, and this kibbutz is anti-religious. Mamash, mamash. Not, not, not are they not religious. They're, they're, not, they're like people there were known to like kick Judaism and to be anti and everything. But they said, we cannot sign a contract with you. This is a true story. I mean, I remember it. I can't, we cannot sign a contract with you unless we get an okay from our rabbi. What? Yes. It's like a Shomer Atzeya. I don't know if you know Shomer Atzeya. It's like the most secular in Israel. So, so he, he was blown away. And went, so fine. So he said, okay, ask your rabbi. They, they asked the rabbi. And they said, uh, okay, fine. And they said, the rabbi wants to meet you. So my dad was very curious, like he was, as it is, he was so curious to meet this rabbi that this anti-religious kibbutz follows. So he said, okay, yes, for sure, I'll go. So he went and the rabbi was like two, I think it's like two, three, four, maybe even four years younger than my dad. This was, I think my dad was in his forties then, doesn't matter, and maybe fifties. He went to meet this rabbi and then when he came to the door where I was talking to somebody and all of a sudden he like turned around and he said like, like my friend, I've been waiting, and, and my dad never even heard about him before. Like what? He, I never heard about him and nothing. And, and he treated him as if he's like his long lost brother or something. So he, and he was very, he's, he passed away a few years ago. He passed like two years before my dad, I think something like that. But um, he was very much into Kabbalah and he had all these crazy, like he, mystical things for instance he would say like don't uh, if you don't have watermelons here they won't grow and grow watermelon and like whatever he said was mystical things things that you cannot explain by 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 second it was like miracles all the time miracles miracles and whatever he told my dad that he's a spark of uh, that he's from his shorash neshama the root of his neshama is the uh, benish chai so which is his, his root of neshama is ben which means my dad is a spark from ben which means my dad actually worked for David HaMelech. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, yep, yep. I think all of us are not surprised from all of your stories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but you know, you know the specifics. So, anyway, that's, that's like one story. I had crazy stories. So you're basically yeah. a celebrity, Tahila. My dad was. I just like, I was just born to him. I mean, Bo Hashem. But yeah, he is. He was. Yeah, but I guess if I come from him, then I guess I also like was the son of someone who worked for the Vida Yeah, that's, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. It's good enough for me. 
<laughs> כן, anyway, so, uh, next time, בעזרת השם, I mean, I think next time we're meeting, I mean, whoever's going to come, but next time I'm coming on Zoom is Monday, and then I'm going to continue Navi with whoever was doing on Navi, and then Thursday is like today's when we're going to continue, going to actually delve into the specifics of Masech Devago according to the Ben Ishchai, who I told you about. today. Basically, in Israel, you should just know things are getting a little better. There's waves. So, but, so Netanyahu and the government is like also working not only with medical people, but also with psychologists. So it's not just is everything better medically. It is. That's the main thing. Medically, is it okay to open things up? But also psychologically, how much can the Israeli people um, continue being like um, obedient and stay in? Because I, I hear in America people are only losing it and going out because so you have to be smart. You, you can't just be right. You also have to be smart, even if it's better to just stay home. But if that will bring people to totally, you know, break everything and then, it's, then you're losing out. It's better to be smart, let them go out a little bit and just with certain reservation and restrictions and then, you know, go back and forth. It's very dominant. It's very, we're very dominant. We're trying to be ahead, one head before the corona, but like play around. So now things are getting better. They're, probably, they're talking about opening the shuk and malls next week. I don't know. It depends. Uh, schools very gradually in the middle. In the meantime, just special ed. Um, yeah, basically, it, basically that's, that's where things are going. We'll see. I miss you. I miss teaching normally. I miss you too. Hi. <laughs> Okay, Masada, I think I'll end here. Unless you have questions. If you have questions, I'm here. But if not, I think we'll just end at this point. So, questions? Anything? Okay, Shabbat Shalom. I hope you, have, you got something from this, uh, from this shiur, something from the Ben Ishchai, something from this Mishnah. Don't be depressed because don't forget you have a Chelek L'Olam Abad. Don't screw it up. Have a Shabbat Shalom, and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>